Hi, this is Jim from Safety Wars. Before we start the program, I want to make sure everyone understands that we often talk about OSHA and EPA citations, along with some other regulatory actions from other agencies, legal cases, and criminal activity. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Proposed fines are exactly that, and they are often litigated, reduced, or vacated. We use available public records, news accounts, and press releases. We cannot warranty or guarantee the details of any of the stories we share, since we are not directly involved with these stories, at least not most of the time. Enjoy the show. This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. And from the border of Liberty and Prosperity and the highway to the north, this is Safety Wars for Friday, January 19th, 2024. We have a special presentation tonight uh, where we're going to be doing a repeat from the January 19, 2023 show on the Alec Baldwin situation with the rust. If you've been following the news today, he was indicted over uh, in relation to the death of Helena Hutchins. She was killed in 2021 after the actor's prop gun fired a live round of ammunition on the rust film set. A little bit of setup here. I reviewed the accident report on air which was released approximately one year ago uh, today, and we're just playing it all over again. So enjoy the show. We'll be coming out with some live programming over the weekend if things work out the way that they need to work out. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Holzel. And from the border of liberty and prosperity in the highway to the north, this is Safety Wars for Thursday, January 19th, 2023. Welcome to the show. Uh, what a show we have for you tonight. As one of the comedians uh, my brother used to listen to, he used to say, we're going to have ourselves a wild time tonight. Talking about the Wild West. We're talking about the Alec Baldwin situation on the Rust Productions LLC set over in Bonanza Creek Ranch, Santa Fe County, New Mexico from October 2021. So, if you recall, April 28th of 2021, we released an episode where we discussed the accident investigation from the state of New Mexico on that whole project. I said, we'll follow up on that when we have more information. Well, we got more information. If you've been watching the news today, listen to whatever, however you get your news, reading it online, everything else. Alec Baldwin and the armorer from the uh, uh, incident were charged with involuntary manslaughter, which is a fourth degree felony in New Mexico and carries a maximum 18 month jail sentence and $5,000 fine. And as I mentioned during our intro, innocent till proven guilty. So, now that we have a more complete thing of what's going on and 
there's been some developments. I wanted to revisit the whole thing tonight because we are, we're always getting new listeners. I can't expect everybody to go all the way back to April 28th, 2021 and listen to that. Even though I did repost it today on all of our social media stuff over on LinkedIn uh, and on Facebook. And on Twitter, I believe. Also, yeah, Twitter. We did Twitter. That's uh, Jim Polzel, J-I-M-P as in Peter, O-E-S, L as in Larry. What's my contact information? It is Jim, J-I-M, at safetywords.com. And you can call me directly at 845-269-5772 if you're interested in health and safety training and everything else. If we have time, so we're going to talk about this, but if we have time towards the end of the program, we're going to talk about OSHA outreach training, which I am an OSHA outreach trainer. So who am I? Uh, and, uh, no, since I don't advertise every uh no, and promote every episode before an airing. Uh, I've been a health and safety professional for, oh, going on 31 years this year. I'm involved in environmental health and safety, health and safety. I am a certified safety professional, certified hazardous materials manager, and among other things. And uh, I've been doing industrial safety and environmental safety, for, like I said, for a long time. But anyway... I have uh, the state of New Mexico and environmental department, Occupational Health and Safety Bureau, issued a report uh, last uh, April specifically on uh, this accident. And I thought and this is one of the reasons why we do uh, this show, why we're no, why Safety Wars is here, why Safety Wars Live is on now since last September is we want to get behind the news. What are, what's the news, right? So you go on the regular news and, and they're, you know, people know I have some criticisms here or there, right? Bias, not telling the whole thing, keeping people out of state of anxiety, heightened anxiety all the time and everything to, for ratings and everything else. They're going to say, no, this is basically how it went today on all the news outlets uh, that I watched. Alec Baldwin and, uh, the Arborer, and what was her name? I have it right here. Uh, no, Alec Baldwin and the Arborer went and they had, uh, they've been charged in the shooting death of Helena Hutchins. And uh, they're, no, maybe you have some legal commentary on there and then they shut it off. But as safety professionals, and this program is geared towards safety professionals and management, there's a lot to be learned here from this accident report. A huge amount because every I'm this is going to be a little bit lengthy here. I have some highlights here and it was 11 pages. The summary of the investigation was 11 pages. There's a lot to be learned. And I know that we've all heard this as safety professionals. Have you been in the field as long as I have and some of the other people here on the network? And it's really a uh, a lot to be learned, a lot to be thought about here so without any further ado let me uh, an interruption let me go and do this i might have to take a break in the middle of this at a certain point uh so on october 22nd and this is from the state of Mex um, new mexico report the summary of the investigation on october 22nd 2021 the occupational safety blah 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 okay initiated an inspection uh 
on uh, the Bonanza Creek Ranch, Santa Fe County, and it's going on right at uh, the incident that happened on October 21st, approximately 1.47 p.m. Great. Okay. And if you look at the next couple of pages, which I'm not going to read, this was all uh, a description of the work area, of the whole arrangement for the contract and everything else. And you know, documents the closing conference, that sort of thing. And again, this is from New Mexico OSHA, right? Their own OSHA, they have their own state program for OSHA. And uh, then you go to page two, description of the thing, right? The armorer who was charged here was Hannah Gutierrez Reed, and her immediate supervisor was Sarah Zachary, props master of property master. Uh... So let me go back and read this. The firearm involved in the incident is a modern replica of the Colt 45 caliber revolver, long Colt in style. Russ had 13 such revolvers for the production in total from manufacturers Petit, Uberti, and Cimarron. In film, firearms are typically controlled by the props department with the individual responsible for handling the firearms and ammunition ammunition titled Armorer or Weapons Handler. The armorer for this film was Hannah Gutierrez Reed, and her immediate supervisor was Sarah Zachary, Props Master, a.k.a. Property Master. Nicole Montoya, Props Assistant, provided support to Zachary and Gutierrez Reed. And uh, the, the Rust Props Department was small and for administrative purposes was placed under the art department headed by Brian Noraville, provided support for props, but rarely worked with Zachary or Gutierrez Reed. Okay. Alec Baldwin, what was his uh, responsibility according to this document, right? Alec Baldwin, actor, producer, and Joel Souza, director, negotiated with various producers to help create and fund the Rust project. Alec Baldwin's authority on the set included approving script changes and actor candidates. Alec Baldwin handled the revolver and fired the round that struck and injured Helena Hutchins and Joel Souza. So Hannah Gutierrez reported to Sarah Zachary for direction on daily tasks. Sarah Zachary reported to Brian Norville. Brian Norville reported to Roe Walters. Roe Walters wrote the gallery. Okay, great. And it goes on and on. Due to the nature of her position as the sole armorer for us, Hannah Gutierrez Reed regularly corresponded with Gabriel Pickle directly via text messages and emails. Hannah Gutierrez Reed performed armorer duties such as demonstrating that a firearm was cold or hot with Dave Halls. Dave Halls was also reached a plea agreement with the prosecutor, as reported by CNN. Dave Halls was also responsible for identifying and correcting hazardous conditions related to firearm safety. So he, this Mr. Halls, was a safety professional, basically. All right. Acting as a safety professional. I don't know what his credentials are already, but or experience, but he was acting he was a part of safety professional. So was Hannah Gutierrez Reed and the Sarah Zachary. They're all safety people, basically, or they have safety responsibilities uh, in some sort. As armor, Hannah Gutierrez Reed was responsible for storage, maintenance, and handling of firearms and ammunition on the set, and for training members of the cast who would be handling firearms. So she was in charge of training. 
right? In accordance with rust safety procedures, again, they had written procedures, an industry-recognized safety practice, the armorer is required to be present whenever firearms are being handled and should have the authority, again, not shall, not will, not anything, should have the authority to determine whether an individual requires additional safety training. However, Russ also required Hannah Katoris Reed to perform the role of props assistant to Sarah Zachary. This is an important one, right? No, 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 no. Okay. However, Russ also required Hannah Torres Reed to perform the role of props assistant to Sarah Zachary when firearms were not in active use. In an email conversation that occurred, you gotta love this. There were emails, right? Gabriel Pickle, who's everyone's boss here, one of the bosses, informed Hannah Torres Reed that she was allowed eight paid days as or at the armorer's rate in her contract to perform armorer tasks, and the rest of her time was to be spent as props assistant. So, what do we have here? We have money involved. We have a budget involved. Uh, how many? How long are you going to be involved in this? How long are you going to be involved in this? You're going to do pay rates and everything else. Now we have an incentive program being built in here. It sounds like. Has that ever happened to you? You're a safety professional. You damn right it has. Happened a lot to me. Jim, we want you to do safety, but we also want you to do this. Younger days, young safety professional. Not too much you could do. That wouldn't happen today, believe me. On October 14th, Gabriel Pickle, and I'm on page four of the report, emailed Hannah Katara Street addressing armor and key assistant props duties, saying, it has been brought to you, to my attention, that you are focusing far for, let me start this over, quote, and, and this is Gabriel Pickle saying this to Hannah Gutierrez Reed. Quote, it has been brought to my attention that you are focusing far more on armorer, right, and not supporting the props as needed. In the same email, and that's end quote, in the same email, Miss Pickle informed Miss Gutierrez Reed that the production and AD team have seen twice that there was a shotgun left unattended after a scene. Miss Pickle went on to say that she needed some type of check-in or check-out system put in place immediately. Miss Gutierrez Reed responded by email the same day, stating that the armorer job was a very serious job, and since we started, I've had a lot of days where my job should only be to focus on guns and everyone's safety. Ms. Gutierrez Relator in the same email stated, quote, there are working guns on set every day. Those are ultimately going to be a priority because when they are not, that's when dangerous mistakes can happen. This is right in an email. So she had divided duties, divided things. We all know from human organizational performance, we do have a thing called human error, right? There's going to be human error no matter what in managing equipment. Now you're introducing lack of focus here, in here, and I'm not blaming anybody at all here. This is the system that they set up. Divided thing. Now, you can imagine running back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and today we're doing this. It's a recipe, and what happened here? Someone getting killed. 
On October 16, 2021, there were two firearms misfires on this set. So there was a leading indicator here, apparently. And it goes on and on. That's not important. There was another misfire on the 16th. On October 17, 2021, Hannah Contreras Street sent a text message to Gabriel Pickles stating, hey, we're on day eight of Armor Days, meaning they're running out of money for armor, is what this is saying in this email, because they only had budgeted eight days. So if there's a gunfire after this, you may want to talk to the producers. Miss Pickle replied the same day that there will be no more training days. Okay, that's going to become important here in a minute. And you'll see there are no more training days, right? To be, and then uh, Mr. Looper, one of the other people in charge, right? Uh, no, Miss Fickle said training, like training Alec and such. And then Lane Looper, first assistant camera, Right, resigned, citing safety concerns, among other issues, and stated in an email to Roe Walters, during the filming of gunfights on this job, things are often played very fast and loose. So far, there have been two accidental weapons discharges and one accidental SFX, um, uh, special effects, SFX explosive, that have gone off around the crew between takes. Mr. Looper went on to say, to be clear, there are no safety meetings these days. Oh, oh, you have those things? Hey, Jimmy, we're in a big hurry. We're not going to have a safety meeting today. Can we put off that JHA meeting? We're going to be running. That's never happened to you as a safety professional? Holy crap, right? There have been no explanations as to what to expect uh, uh, for these shots. On October 21st, Dave Hall's handed blah, 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 and handed uh, uh, Alec Baldwin the revolver and a shot, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we know that. So, as a result of the inspection, we're into conclusions, page six. Um, this is the State of New Mexico Environmental Department Occupational Health and Safety Bureau report from last April. So, rust... Here you go. Rust uh, demonstrated plain indifference to the safety of employees by ignoring recognized hazards inherent to the use of firearms and ammunition by failing to take appropriate corrective or investigative actions after two firearms-related incidents, in parentheses, misfires, occurred on October 16, 2021, and after employees notified management that they did not feel safe with how weapons were being handled on set. Rust failed to follow company safety procedures. So you have uh, written safety procedures in your workplace. Company ignores them, doesn't follow them, ah, doesn't modify them when they need to, nothing like that. Does that sound familiar? Which, would, which likely would have prevented the accident from occurring. So now we have a willful situation here, it sounds like to me. The next paragraph, right? This is paragraph 21, all right, on page six. Rust management did not ensure their own safety procedures taken from film industry safety bulletins issued by the industry-wide Labor Management Safety Committee were followed at the worksite. 
According to the general safe practices documented by document provided by Rust, the following safety bulletins were taken into consideration during the course of production. Recommendations for safety with firearms and use of blank ammunition. Additionally, on January 7, 2022, Rust attorneys, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so what are they here? They list them here. Bulletin 1, page 1. This is from Recommendations for Safety with Firearms and Blank Ammunition. The property master or armor will work in conjunction with the reduction's designated safety representative to assure that the following standards are adhered to. Again, will work. Okay, and again, the problem here is this. There are no uh, OSHA regulations, no laws here. That's an issue. And California has uh, wants to uh, take care of that now based on this whole thing. Even though this happened in New Mexico, they shoot movies in, you know, in case you haven't heard of a place called Hollywood, right? So they're uh, among other places in California. So they're, they're going to go, uh, they want to, put some laws in place because in the absence of any laws, what do they have a general duty clause, right? Under OSHA and apparently under the state of Mexico here. And that usually is an ex post facto when they respond to this stuff, meaning after the fact. So they got to wait for a leading indicator when they actually go after this stuff, right? Uh, when they start to investigate, unfortunately, Bulletin one, page one, the property master armor will work in conjunction with the production des production's designated safety representative to assure that the following standards are adhered to. Right? Fail this was a failure to implement this, according to the report, right? The standards listed in Bulletin 1 were not enforced by Rust managers and or supervisors, including and not limited to Sarah Zachary, the property master, and Dave Halls, the safety coordinator. Bulletin 1, page 1. Live ammunition is never to be used nor brought onto any studio lot or stage. Guess what? They, they had live rounds there. There was not a process to ensure that there were no live rounds. Failure to implement. Bulletin number 1, page 2. Before any use of firearm... Pardon me. In a rehearsal and or on camera sequence or off camera use, all persons involved must be thoroughly briefed at an on site safety meeting where the firearm will be used. The meeting shall include an on site walkthrough and or dry run with the property master or designated production representative and anyone that will be using and or handling a firearm. Employees stated that while safety meetings took place, they were not conducted each day, firearms were used on set. Failure to implement that. Bulletin 1, page 1. No one shall be issued a firearm until he or she is trained in safe handling, safe use, the safety lock, and, or, and proper firing procedures. If there are any questions as to the competency of the person who will use the firearm, the property master shall determine if additional training is required. This sounds like a, a competent person. Right. But they don't use that terminology and page three, ensuring that a sufficient amount of time has been allotted for training and rehearsal failure to. So the reason why you have this, if we remember Jens Rasmussen stuff, right? You want everybody in the skills mode where they have, they're very familiar with what's going on. They, and they can do this on autopilot. It's in rehearsal, right? I spoke to John Hugh McKnight, who is a noted stunt coordinator. Uh, 
on doing stunts. And he said, yeah, we try to rehearse things over and over and over again. That way we're all on autopilot. And I said, oh, you're talking Jens Verasmussen there, but you don't know that. But anyway, uh, he is my wife's cousin. He was on Star Trek. But anyway, uh, failure to implement. Gabriel Pickle instructed, right? So going back, right? Ensuring that's sufficient enough for training and rehearsal. Gabriel Pickle instructed Hannah Couture's Reed that no more trading training days would take place, like training Alec and such. Russ management did not provide the armorer with the authority. Oh to determine if additional training was required in violation of Russ safety procedures. So she's acting as the confident person, not allowed to determine that. Essentially, that's what she is, the confident person. No authority. She had the uh, uh, knowledge to assess. She pointed it out, but no authority. Additionally, this bulletin should be attached to the call sheet each day firearms will be used. Failure to implement. So the bulletin that this all comes from is supposed to be included in the call sheet. Wow. So when you have a safety meeting on site, a job hazard analysis, toolbox talk, whatever you're going to have, don't you always, if there is a handout or notes or what the topic is on there, you try to attach that in the records. They try to do this here too. This is all standard stuff. Like I said, well, what does a movie have to do with general industry, with construction, shipyards, maritime, uh, you know, act? well, guess what? We have safety meetings. I had one today. We end up putting all of the uh, documents there that are attached to it. Uh, handouts, information, references, the, whatever in, goes in there. So this is important here. And they do the same thing here. They failed to do that, right? Never lay down bulletin number one, page two. Never lay down a firearm or leave it unattended unless actively filming or rehearsing. All firearms should be safely secured. So failed to implement this, right? After instructing Hanted Torres Reed to focus more on her props assistant duties and less on armor responsibilities, Gabriel Pickerel then informed Hanted Torres Reed that production and AD team have seen twice there was a shotgun left unattended after a scene. We all need weapons to be in your control anytime they are used. Hanted Contouras Reed explained conducting her armor duties and props assistant duties created a gap where an actor's or stuntman put down a firearm and step away, leaving it unattended. Hannah informed Gabriel that it would slow production down uh, terribly if we had to check them back in in between scenes. And when I'm forced to do both, that's when mistakes get made, like the shotgun being unattended. Gabriel Pickle instructed handed to Torres Reed to develop a check-in or out system for weapons, but did not follow up to ensure weapons were secured and ignored Hannah Torres Reed's concerns without being provided adequate time to perform armor duties. Okay? So we know where this is going. So we're on job sites all the time. I always recommend having an equipment person there. Right? Have an equipment person there. And they said, and I've, we've had these things. Well, people are going to sign in, sign out equipment and gloves and this and that. And it never works. When the hell has a sign out thing where nobody's responsible for Gluvno, when has that ever worked out on any of your jobs anywhere? 
And this is what, it, well, and again, I don't know what their background is, but adding another piece of paperwork and another procedure with people who are not already not following procedures doesn't ever work. All right. Bulletin one, page two. Now, this is basic firearm safety here, right? Refrain from pointing a firearm at anyone. If it is absolutely necessary to do on camera, consult the property master or armor or other safety representatives, such as the first AD, which I think is assistant director slash stage manager. Remember that any object at which you point a firearm could be destroyed. This is on page eight of the report. Failure to implement. Lane Lufer stated that, and this is the uh, one of the people who quit, right? That many camera shots had firearms pointed and firing at the camera. Helena Hutchins and Joel Souza were injured when a firearm was pointed in their direction with Hutchinson's injury resulting in her death. Rust Management Representative Dave Halls was present prior to and at the time of the firearm discharge, discharge a live round, severely injuring two crew members. As Rust's top-level management safety official, Mr. Halls did not consult the property master or armorer during or after the firearm was loaded, handed to the actor, and pointed toward crew members in order to determine that pointing the firearm at persons was absolutely necessary. I'm going to stop right there. I'm just reading from the report issued by the state of Mexico, uh, New Mexico. Bulletin number one, page two. 11 firearms, 11, whatever that is, firearms are to be loaded just before they are used in a scene. Failure to implement. On the day Helena Hutchins and Joel Souza were shot, the firearm was loaded and handed to Alec Baldwin during an informal rehearsal. So there, that thing was supposed to be emptied, period, according to this document. And prior to filming the scene involving the firearm, you're not supposed to put anything in there. And it was in there, according to this. And Russ did not provide staff, uh, right? And now this is going on. We're done with the bulletin here, right? Russ did not provide, and we're on page nine of the report. Russ did not provide staff responsible for ensuring firearm safety with sufficient time to inspect ammunition received to ensure that no live rounds are present. Number 23. Paragraph 23, the misfire, which occurred on October 16, presented a hazard to Sarah Zachary and any employees nearby. Rust failed to address the hazardous condition and reinforce adherence with their own protocols. Right? With their own protocols. Uh, right? Uh, to protect workers. Russ management, and we're getting towards the end here, right? Including Gabriel Pickle and Roe Walters ignored concerns of firearm misfires on set. All right. Dave Halls, the safety coordinator, was present on set when the first accidental discharge occurred. Mr. Halls did not discuss the incident with the staff with staff, report the incident to the producers, review the incident as a safety coordinator, ensure Sarah Zachary took appropriate actions with respect to safety protocols, or take any other corrective measures. According to employees interviewed, including Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, crew members verbally expressed their surprise and discomfort with Russ management's lack of action, recording worksite safety issue. The worksite safety issue. That ever happened on any of our jobs? 
It never happened where they... So, nah, don't worry about it. It happened. Oh, who cares? That happens all the time. I hear that all the time. And then people get all PO'd when you investigate when you investigate things. Well, you shouldn't have investigated. You shouldn't do that. Blah, blah, blah. Jimmy, we're looking for a one-pager here. And you get, so no, I'm not doing a one-pager. I'm interested in doing a real accident investigator. All this stuff goes on in our workplaces as it is. Right? This could have been any one of our work areas. Take the gun out of it. This is what, what makes this whole thing in here. And Alec Baldwin, who is not liked by a lot of people. All right. For a lot of reasons, you know, whatever. I'm not liked by a lot of people for a lot of reasons. I'm loved by a lot of people for a lot of reasons. But you know what I mean? Because of who it is, high profile guy, uh, has made a name for himself for doing various things. This is where this came in. But this could have happened, this crap, at any one of our job sites is what my, my issue is. There's a lot to be learned by this report. So if I were you, I'd go take a copy of this report, this program, share it with your uh, management on here or take notes. Say, look, this any of this could have happened here. This is how we run our show here. This is how we run our business. Right. And I'm not done with the accident report. No, paragraph 25. Rust initiated no investigative action for the second firearm misfire on October 16th beyond Hannah Couture's read asking Blake Texera how it happened. Dave Halls was present during the incident and did not speak to either Hannah Couture's read or Blake Taxira. Lane Luper, first assistant camera, texted Roe Walters informing her, quote, we have, we've now had three accidental discharges. This is super unsafe. The third discharge involved a special effects popper, which is a small explosive that simulates a bullet impact on a surface. Roe Walters responded, accidental discharge on the firearms? Luper responded, yeah, two discharges today and one on week one. Roe Walters did not ask any additional questions trying to understand what had occurred. Despite being informed of the misfires that at least one employee expressed not feeling safe, Rust management took no corrective action. Rust, we're on paragraph 26. Rust recognized the hazards associated with firearms and adopted safety bulletins that were designed to control and mitigate these hazards. Rust described these protocols as being enforced by the first assistant director, who is the safety coordinator. Ryan Smith, producer, also stated during the closing conference that all members of cast and crew had stop work authority. Really? Despite this, no corrective investigative or disciplinary action was taken after the first and second firearms misfires by any member of the management. David, now, this would indicate to me that either they didn't know that they had stop work authority or there was an incentive against using it that's what it indicates to me that's speculation but no why wasn't it ever used would be the question for the investigator it's not listed in here but that's a question i would how come you didn't use it did you know you had it that's a very common question during accident investigation how come you didn't stop but the thing is that there this is blaming the employees Right? This is blaming the employees. Do we really blame the employees here? 
employees didn't do it. They should have done it. Well, okay, that's that's what we call a counterfactual argument. Counterfactual arguments don't get us anywhere, ever. Counterfactual arguments are like, well, you should have done this. Well, it didn't happen. Well, they should have stopped work. Well, they didn't. Okay, great. Okay, this... I would ask how come it wasn't done, but I'm not going to blame the employee on this. There was obviously some type of incentive or knowledge gap or some reason why this didn't happen on that day. Uh, October 16th, I should know that it's my birthday. I don't know what day of the week. It might have been a Friday. I don't know. Maybe they had off the next day. They were going out. They were distracted. I don't know what happened here, but don't blame the employee on this. If you're a manager, Dave Hall's. First assistant director and safety coordinator was physically present witnesses to these misfires and chose not to take any corrective investigative or disciplinary action. I'd love to know what the inside story is on that. Maybe it'll come out in the next few days, right during the trial. When the unit production manager, Ro Walters, was informed by the props master, the first assistant camera director, camera, that we- weapons misfires had occurred, Walters did not initiate any corrective investigative or disciplinary action. Why? Why? That's my question. Why wouldn't that person? That's one of the people responsible for this. Oh, well, even somebody else. Uh, could be a many. I'm, I'm seeing this. This is normal for a lot of organizations I've worked with, right? Especially in the past. That's why I don't work with a lot of these organizations anymore. They're not there. They're not there. Right, we, we're safe. We're, we're going to hire somebody else. We're, we hired a safety professional. So they're safe. Does that sound familiar to you? I don't know if that's what happened here, but this sounds familiar, doesn't it? I'm commenting on this. Again, I'm not involved in the investigation, but all of these things in here that I'm reading, I've seen in the field under slightly different circumstances. This is like nothing new. This is common. This is common stuff for a lot of work, a lot of... uh, this is common stuff for a lot of uh, working environments here. Right? All this stuff happens. When the unit production manager, Ro Walters, was informed, right? They, nobody did anything. Oh, no, there was nothing here. Number 27, paragraph 27, page 10. We're getting towards the end here, right? I promise. When the first assistant camera resigned, informing management that there was an ongoing lack of firearm safe practices, among other labor issues, apparently they were playing games with money uh, they've been accused of. All right? With this, right? And that misfires had occurred. Rust management took no action to review or address worker safety concerns. With the money issue... That's what I've heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what I've heard. All right. When the armor had used most of their contractually limited armor days, they were issued a written instruction to focus less on their armor tasks and spend more time assisting the props department. Oh, okay. So this happens. Hey, uh, Jimmy, we're running low on that safety budget there. Why don't you work in a, today you're going to be an environmental sampling technician. All right. Well, don't, don't worry about it. No, we don't have the money for that. We need you on that. Don't worry about the safety. Think that's happened to me? Yeah, that's happened to me countless times. When the armorer expressed a need to ensure actors be able to safely handle a firearm with a holster, they were told by the line producer that the... We're on the last page of the report. 
armor would be informed that that was not necessary. When the armor was scheduled to train the stunt crew on firearm safety, she was told that the stunt coordinator would handle that instead. Wow. Doesn't seem like uh, this person had a whole hell of a lot of authority here. This, uh, what was her name again? Come on, I can't, I can't remember this. Uh, the Hold on. It was Hannah Gutierrez Reed. Doesn't sound like she had any real authority here for what was going on. This is normal stuff here for the uh, the normal stuff for any type of working environment here. This is common. The employer, Russ Movie Productions, demonstrated plain indifference. And this is on page eight, one, uh, paragraph 28, page 11. The employer, Russ Movie Productions, LLC, demonstrated plain indifference to the hazards associated with firearms by routinely failing to practice their own safety protocols, failing to enforce adherence to safety protocols, and failing to ensure that handling of deadly weapons was afforded the time and effort needed to keep the cast and crew safe. Additionally, the employer disregarded or otherwise did not follow up, ask questions, or try to understand what happened when employees notified management about the misfire incidents and not feeling safe on set. The safety coordinator was present, was present on set and took no direct action to address safety concerns. Management was provided multiple opportunities to take corrective actions and chose not to do so. As a result of these failures, director Joel Souza and cinematographer Helena Hutchins were severely injured. Helena Hutchins succumbed to her injuries on October 21st, 2021. May she rest in peace. And may her family recover from this the best that they can. All right. With this, let's remember people got one person got seriously hurt, almost killed, and the other person got killed in this. So let's remember this. Well, you know, in this, that there are two people, one hurt, one killed. And potentially a whole bunch of other people potentially hurt with the other incidents here. What I would do, right? So. What's the end result as far as OSHA is concerned, New Mexico OSHA? What do you think the uh, fine was, the proposed penalty? I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know what the procedure is in New Mexico as far as contesting this and everything else with the final thing. What do you think this is? I just spent, oh, around roughly 42 minutes, 43 minutes discussing this. What do you think this was? What did that cost of us as far as OSHA is concerned? A hundred, the maximum is what it was. They got whacked with the maximum. $136,793 according to press releases and uh, what's in the popular press. Right? After all of that. Once they go, they, I don't know if they negotiated it's down or this is going to be contested and everything. I have no idea. So, there are a couple of things here to come out of this, right? Number one, divided responsibilities. Are you a safety professional with divided responsibilities? 
Are you told in writing to divide your responsibilities? Are you told, don't worry about safety so much, worry about production? Right, we all have to make money. We understand that. Right, you cannot have a perfectly safe job and make money and follow all the procedures that work doesn't happen. We know that. On the other hand, there was a fatality and a major catastrophic incident here. Guess what? On the other end, guess what happened? No work is getting done. So we know no, you have to have something there, but concentrating on safety and optimize some type of optimum level here, right? Putting in procedures. They put in all these procedures, everything in the safety plan, ignored them. Does that ever happen at your workplace? How that management witnesses, maybe you're the safety professional and you witness something and you don't investigate it. Hmm. How about that? How about you're reporting to people you do not appreciate safety? Don't have a safety culture in there. Does that happen? That might have happened here. I don't know. I, I didn't do the investigation. But it seems like, hey, uh, upper level management was writing out emails and everything that seemed pretty, uh, you know, not so good for them. And I'll say that there was uh, there a lot of settlements in this case already. And you now people were paid, things of that nature. Uh, with this, uh, now, uh, with all this, no, I, no, I don't understand the legal strategy. I asked a couple of attorneys to come on tonight. Uh, they had declined because they're really familiar with the case. They don't want to go on the record and, and everything. Uh so, leading indicators. Are there leading indicators out there that might indicate that there's a problem that could be used to map things out? And we understand a lot of times leading indicators have nothing to do with an actual accident and they're random. However, in this case, we had three leading indicators that might have right in a row, right immediately preceding this for a couple of days. Right, uh, happened on the 21st. The leading indicators happened the previous week. Three real, right? Hey, maybe we get we have a problem here. Something didn't sound right, right? Because often leading indicators and near misses have no uh, actual uh, relationship to the actually what's going on there, right? The, the actual incident. But in this, one of the cases that that might not be true, where we have things happen in a row here that go on. No investigation. Do you wish that maybe on the 17th that they sat down and they said, well, hey, let's stop work. Let's think about what we're doing here. Right. Maybe we got to reshuffle the budget on here a little bit. Maybe, hey, we're on paper. Maybe. No, I think that everybody could have worked something out here prior to this if they had a meeting maybe maybe not i don't know but that's the kind of strategy i would have liked to employ let's have a talk about this because i tell you what back when i no this uh how, how old is this hannah gutoris uh gutoris reed how old was she when this happened All right. She is currently 24 years old, according to some sources. Right. Uh, 
for this. I remember being a 24-year-old safety professional. No authority. They didn't want to tell you any of you were still that kid right out of school. Guess what happens? Hey, let's do X, Y, and Z. They blow you off. I've been in that situation. Back in that situation, this is apparently, according to most press accounts, like her fir- her first big break, you're trying to be, you know, trying to be, uh, oh, trying to impress people. You're trying to do a good job. You're trying to get work, help, uh, uh, get more work out of this. You're trying to do uh, a lot of this stuff in here, trying to get more work, trying to prove yourself and everything else. Maybe you're, I mean, was I a little bit lax on something when I was 24 years old? Probably. I've had 24 year old people work for me and guess what? You have to coach them constantly, constantly coach them on this stuff. Usually because they don't have the life experience on how to deal with some of these strong personalities. Now being the age I am now, 52 years old, can't believe I'm saying that. If I'm the safety professional on a job, hey, this is the way it is. Now, today, if all this stuff was happening, happening and I was the armor in this situation, 52 years old, I would have said, either you're going to stop work and we're going to do this or I'm out of here, guys. And that's it. I would have tried to go and fix things and work things together because, no, that's the kind of person I am. But if you're getting that much resistance and they're potentially deadly things, hey, guess what? I, I'll, I'll give my own counterfactual thing. If Hannah Contreras Reed knew that this was going to turn out this way, I'm sure she would have done that. All right. But she didn't do that. It was what the facts are. And in there. So tomorrow, what do we do with this? Tomorrow, when you go in, you're a safety professional, you're a manager, you go in. Are you going to look at your job site a little bit differently? Or are you going to look at your working environment a little bit differently now? Because I tell you what, after I read through all this, this episode is going out to my clients with this, with my notes on here. So any this could have happened on any one of the jobs I've worked on if people ignored hazards. If people and management set up an incentive program here, if management ignored things, this something like this could have happened. Not that I work with guns, I work with a lot of other things. I work with I've worked with explosives, I've worked with a lot of different things. How how do you think that would have uh, worked out? for anybody if we just ignored the hazards. We didn't take them seriously. That was what the incentive program was. Now, one of the things I would recommend anybody who's involved with this is one, get everything in writing. That may be her saving grace here, not getting convicted as everything was in writing in the working environment she was in. That might be it. Number one. Number two is this. The, uh, right, we have a thing called learning teams on the HOP side, on the HOP side, human organizational performance. Brent Sutton has a hold on this network, Safety FM, has a whole podcast. I think he's up to like 75 episodes, something like that. Oh, by the way, Jay Allen, 700 episodes. Congratulations tomorrow. Uh, 
for the Rated R Safety Show on this network. Setting up a learning team. Sometimes a lot more, or I should say a lot less confrontational than an investigation. We're going to do an investigation. Maybe if they knew about learning teams a little bit, hey, let's set, set up a learning team, figure out what happened here. How, no, how, because I think that management did not know exactly everything that was, what their responsibilities were here. That seemed obvious here. With this, or they didn't, I don't want to think that they didn't care about it. Maybe they didn't know. Hey, let's set up a learning team here. Let's go out and, inv- and talk of it to people, find out what's going on here. Maybe we could have done that. That's a lot less adversarial. It's not like the Star Trek, right? Uh, uh, a Cardassian way. Know how many lights are there? There's and there's four lights, and they say no. There's five lights, and they torture the person. Something less con less controversial here with everything. I the the issues outlined in this report. I'm not going to condemn Rust. I'm not going to condemn anyone here. I wasn't there. I'm not. I'm not the inquisitor here. I'm not the judge, jury, and executioner here. I'm just a guy reading an accident report. Now, all this was an accident. What I read in this, and what my own experiences when dealing with organizations that have had big catastrophic Ill, uh, problems over the years. Over the, I tell you what, I was in Hannah Gutierrez's read similar, uh, ex, uh, similar uh, circumstances. Nobody got hurt. Nobody got killed. A lot of us have been there. What was the difference between me and Hannah here? Dumb luck. That's what it was. I got lucky. We all got lucky. She didn't get so lucky here. She's got got her proverbial rear end in a sling here with this. As I see it, based on this report, all right, she might get off from this only because she got the instructions of her management and she was relieved of her. They took on her responsibilities and everything else. I think that's with Alec Baldwin. He was holding the weapon when it went off. I don't know. Again, we have families involved here. He has a very large, he has young children here. His wife just had a baby. What if he, well, he's going to go away for 18 months now? Potentially. Right? He's an older guy like me. He's diabetic. You think that they manage diabetes well in prison? They don't manage diabetes as well at all. The nightmares I hear about diabetics that go to prison and how they manage it is nutty. So he's going to be impacted on here. All the reliving this accident again and again and again. These people are going to be psychologically damaged. You can see with some of the video after it happened. These people are going to be psychologically damaged on that end. Everybody involved here. We have a family of uh, Hannah, of uh, Helena, right? Hutchins. They ain't going to recover over this. How do you recover from this? Young woman, Right? 40 years old, killed on the gene could have I mean, this is a horrible situation for everybody all around. I'm sorry for the rant on a Thursday night, but I'm sorry. I haven't done a rant in some time. And, you know, I'm usually more measured than this.
Again, if everyone knew what this was going to be here, then this would have been handled differently. Counterfactually, right? Uh, uh, no, and I hate to be counterfactual. I hate to say, well, what it could have, should have, and everything else, right? The best thing that we could do is to learn from this situation as safety professionals, as managers, and make sure it doesn't happen in our area. We can help you at that. Everybody on Safety FM, we have great resources here. Todd Conklin, Jay Allen, Sam Goodman, Brent, uh, uh, Brent Sutton, Sheldon Primus, right? Uh, Alan Warford, all of us, phenomenal resources here. You can contact me at jim at safetywords.com or at 845-269-5772. That's my cell phone, right? Uh, you call that, I'm going to pick it up. You want to arrange safety training? We do all different types of safety training here for you. We do all the OSHA outreach training courses, construction, maritime, general industry, disaster response, has waffer courses, fall protection courses, confined space entry courses. We do uh, site work also. We were, no, uh, we've uh, worked at, at one uh, warehouse co company, delivery company. We've done 41 other warehouses supplied safety to the construction end, right? Have environmental cleanups. We do all that stuff. If you want to work with us, that's what you do. If we're often hired because we have problem, our clients have problem employees and they need someone who's a little bit more assertive. They're not, they're like, they're, if you're going to hire us, you're not going to get what the servile safety professional Right, which a lot of companies just want someone to sit in the uh, trailer and eat donuts and drink coffee all day. That's not us. We're out there. We're engaging respectfully, assertively, respectfully, having a backbone, fighting that what we call that safety war every day for you. We're hire us. We're loyal people. We, you know, we fight that safety war for you every day here, and that's what I have for safety wars. This is Jim Pozel. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.